Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. We're going to jump right into the message this morning because we are. I'm really excited about today. We are starting a brand new collection of talks. What we do each each month and throughout the year was we kind of do a theme that we can focus on because we know it's not just about one Sunday. It's about a collective, a collection of talks that can really build us a healthy foundation where to start and a place to move on from as we learn from God's Word. And today, as it is February and Valentine's Day is only a couple days away, we love doing a relationship series, collection of talks in the month of February. And today we start one called, As For Me and My house. I'm going to tell you where that statement comes from, but I really want that to be personal today and through these next few weeks. We're going to approach things like family, kids, friendships, marriage, all of the above because our life is made up of relationships. But how many people would agree with me today at Local City that sometimes relationships are hard, right? Okay, a few of us. Chances are you may have some honesty issues in your relationships, so let's deal with that right now. How many would say relationships are hard? Give me an amen today if you believe that. All right. They're hard. They're difficult. There are difficult things that we have to invest in. Friendships and marriage and healthy relationships don't just happen accidentally. They have to be a choice. There are practices and healthy things we can do to build strong relationships in our life. And what we're going to do over these next few weeks is lean in to what God's Word says about all these things. Because as I'm going to unpack for you later, what the verse says is, is it doesn't just stop there, and you can see it on the screen. It says, as for me and my house, what will we do? We will serve the Lord. And I want you to know that, that God has set apart some specific healthy ways to build our house and build our family and build our life. And I would love for you to join us to collectively as a church last week, we started where we are going to read through the Bible in one year. And it's been great. And I'm going to unpack some verses that have even been in this week that totally lean in to the message today. But you can scan that QR code to join us on the YouVersion Bible app because reading it for 358 days is better than reading it for no days. So you may not make the full 365, but you'll make the 358, which is great. Did that math really quick in my head. Let's go. But here's the thing. God's Word has some practicals and promises that we need to lean into. And today is all about building a foundation of trust, a foundation of trust. That's the theme and title of where our conversation is going this morning. And I want you to know, if you were to look at God and look at him like that scene from Aladdin, do you trust me, Jasmine, to get on the magic carpet ride? I want you to be able to say yes at the end of this conversation. Because God is not only a good God, God is not only a powerful God, he is a trustworthy God. He is a God that you can depend on. He is a God that he has promised by his own word that he will never leave you or forget about you or forsake you. And he will help you in your darkest times. He will help you in your most stubborn times. And what I want for you today is to realize you can start building your house on the word of God and serving him and trusting him alone today. Really what I want for you is what it says in Psalm 143 right here. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. 
It's bold on the on your notes, but I want you to circle it, underline it. Why can I hear of God's unfailing love? Because I am trusting you. And what does trusting you look like? Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. And may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Listen, at some point in your life, and maybe that point is right now, you are going to be on some shaky, rocky ground. And you are not going to know where to step next. But today I want to give you the firm foundation that there is a heavenly father, creator of the universe, God, who is with you and is for you and has invited you into his family so much so that he gave his one and only son for you. Not so that you could join some religion, but so that you could be joined in a relationship as son and daughter, redeemed and restored, forgiven and set free. And that is the firm footing that we can walk in today. And that can be our foundation as we build this house. That can be our foundation as the storms come and the winds blow. We may be shaken, but we are never torn down because our foundation is one we can trust. And here's where it all, if you get nothing else from today, here's what I want you to leave with, is that when my vertical relationship is good, all my horizontal relationships will be good. Now we're going to talk about over this month, the horizontals of family, marriage, friendships, all the above. And I can give you great practicals and great truth from God's word about those things. But hear me when I say, local city church, if this is not good, none of this will be good for too long. If your vertical relationship with your heavenly father, God is not surrendered and healthy and good, then there will be dysfunction here. But we are aligned with what God says. We are surrendered and entrusted into his hands and learning from his wisdom and direction. Man, all this will fall into place. All this will come along. We got to trust that today. And here's what I want for you again. Another psalm is Psalm 112. This is really the freedom I want for you is that you don't have to fear bad news. Why? Because we confidently trust the Lord to care for us. And we're confident and fearless and can face our foes triumphantly. Can I get a good amen if you want a little bit of that today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we jump into the message? Father, we thank you, we love you, and we give you our very best today as we listen and lean in to the foundation we can trust, which is you and your word and our Savior Jesus. So we just open our hearts today, God, and I pray that you would speak that one thing that each of us individually needs to hear of where we can trust you, where we can lean on you, and give our all to you. God, I pray for all of our kids and local city kids. I pray that you would help them see how much you love them, that Jesus is their very best friend. Bless our kids' team as well as they teach our kids. It's not just childcare; It is church back there. And we're so thankful you're introducing our kids to your love as well because they're a part of our house too. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name once again. Come on, local city. Give me a good amen as we jump into the message today. All right. So as these... As this year started, you know, we gave the first 21 days to the Lord in prayer and fasting. And what I love about this idea is we can totally separate ourselves from other things and really get truly aligned with what God is saying in our life. And I do, I do believe that every year God gives our church a word or phrase that's going to kind of define where we're going. For 2022, our verse, our phrase was, seek him first. And all these things will be added unto you. But it starts with seeking God first. And over last year, we saw 
being able to sign the lease of the HQ and, and this school opening up, which has been such a huge blessing for us. It's changed, it's been such a game changer for our Sundays and for our bigger kids' spaces and on a road where people can see us as they drive by. Just a big win is that we've had more people in the last month say, hey, I saw the flags or the signs last week and something in me just was drawing me inside than we had in the, the first three years of our church at our high school. That's not to say anything bad, but just to say, man, God is doing something special here. And as we've sought him first, he's added all these things that have become so powerful and a blessing to our church and to our house. And I believe that for your life. And so for what I want you to do to lean into 2023 as a follower of Jesus is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is taste and see that the Lord is good. And I want that for you, just so you know. I want you to taste the things that God has and realize, man, that tastes good and I want some more. Like your favorite restaurant that you crave right now for lunch? Like, ready? Come on, come on, Ryan. Clock's ticking. Lunchtime's coming. I'm craving this because I've tasted it and it's good. I want you to have the same thing when it comes to what God's doing in your life. But the, but the problem is, or not the problem, the friction there is, is that we can't just live at taste and see. We've got to graduate. We've got to move forward, right? The Bible tells us that when we're young, our mom feeds us, we nurse, we get milk, all that good stuff. I have a little baby newborn. That's all he does. That's why he's so chunky and fat. All he does is nurse and drink milk. That's all he does. All he wants to do. And he's getting all chunky, Michelin man, all these roles. It's great. He's super cute. I'll introduce him to him after service because I love him so much. His name is Teddy, and he's great. The thing is, eventually, Teddy is going to have to learn, just like his big brother did, just as we as adults did, to eat on his own to learn how to feed himself, to go to the fridge or go to the pantry and make himself a sandwich or make himself something to see that he can actually do this himself. And so for you, as men and women who are growing into a relationship with Jesus, I want 2023 to be a year not where just you taste and see, but where you trust and see. Where you trust and see that God is who he says he is where you trust and see that God can actually be trusted with every area of your life, with your relationships, with your dreams and ambitions, with your desires and emotions, with your money and finances, hello, with your talents, with your pain, with your past, with your unforgiveness, with those things that no one else knows about, God can be trusted with them. And I want you to trust and see that he shows up in your life when you give yourself to him and surrender. My fear is that so many of us would get through our whole life and just live a hunky-dory Christianity. Not much sacrifice. You know, we'll be in heaven, but let me just, let, let me just clue you in on something. If you've been following Jesus for a while, there's going to be a two-question test when we stand before him. And the first question is, who did you say Jesus was? And it's not just that he was a good teacher. It's not just that he was a historical figure. We surrender and say that he is the son of God who came to forgive and free the world from their sins. He was perfect and blameless, but gave his life anyway as the ultimate sacrifice, the person who stood in the gap and became sin, who knew no sin, so you and I could know life and be crowned with righteousness and spend eternity with God. Who do you say Jesus is? He is my everything, my savior, my best friend, and I'm only here because of Jesus. And we love that. That's great. The thing is, there's another question coming right after that. 
Because the first answer depends whether or not we spend eternity with God. We believe that. There is something that happens after we die. But the second question determines how we spend eternity. In the sense of we'll be there. But the second question is, okay, first one, who did you say Jesus was? Second one, what did you do with it? Was it just for you? Or was it for your family and your friends and your coworkers that drive you crazy and your neighbor that bothers you and that person in traffic? What did you do with it? Did you walk differently? Did you trust? Was your life visibly different than the world? Because as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. We have to trust and see that God has put his name on us through Jesus, and people should see that in our life. Shepard and I have a favorite movie that we've watched growing up. It was actually the theme song from this movie was like one of the first songs that he learned that would bring such a big smile to his face. And I thought about this movie because of this scene, this picture, maybe that you're familiar with if you want to throw up on the screen. So this is from the movie Toy Story. If you didn't know that, go watch it today because you're missing out. Uh, they just announced they're going to make a fifth one. I hope it's good, but sometimes too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Uh, but anything, that's just my own self-talking. But the thing is, in this movie, the little boy Andy, who owns all the toys, writes his name on Woody's foot. And every time Woody's going through a difficult season as the little toy cowboy that he is, when he feels like he's lost his identity, when he feels like to do something else, everybody reminds him just to look whose name is written on him and whose name is written on him, even though it's kind of ugly and the ends backwards and all the above. He belongs to Andy. I want you to let you know, just so you can be confident in this today on that foundation of trust, that when you gave your life to Jesus, well, actually, even before that, God has written his name on you. But when you give your life to Jesus, you erase all the names you've given yourself, whether they're good or bad, or what the world or your upbringing has given you, and you simply just write Jesus on it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus's, man. Like, I'm part of the family. Like, he has bought my life with the ultimate price of giving his life and becoming all the bad stuff I would do so that I could walk forgiven and free. I mean, this is so important to us at, at the point when Shepard had a Buzz and Woody of his own, this little picture right here that you can see looks super cute. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen those movies where they're like, enhance, like, and it looks perfectly when they enhance. Uh, that doesn't really work in real life, but I just wanted you to see, you can kind of see where we helped Shepard, he wanted to do this, where we helped Shepard write Shepard on Buzz and Woody's feet because he wanted them to know these are my toys. And I've never seen a kid love his toys so much with just a general compassion and love for him. And I want you to know, in the little heart of my son is the same heart that God has for you. That he's written his name on you, not so that he can say, hey, you're mine, but so that he can say, hey, you're mine. Don't give your, don't give your value to anyone else. Don't let anyone else own you or speak labels over you that I haven't given you. I'm your heavenly father. I'm the one that created you. I'm the one who gets to define you because I'm the one that designed you. Don't believe the lies of the world when you can truly lavish in the rich truths that I've spoken over your life that exists right here in this word today. And that's the foundation you build when you begin to pray, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let's get into where this verse comes from. So it comes from the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. Now, reading through the Bible in a year, man, I forgot just how rich and good the Old Testament is, all right? I got to tell you, Old Testament's part of the Bible, too, because it has a lot of good news and a lot of gospel stuff in there. It's not just like, eh, that was kind of the God we don't talk about. The New Testament's all the good stuff. No, it's not true at all. What we see throughout all of Scripture is a God who is committed to his people. What we see throughout all of the Bible is a loving God who cares 
for his lost and hurting and broken people and simply wants them to remember he's their father. He cares for them, and he will be there for them and walk them through anything that they face. So at this time, the Israelites, God's people, had walked through a bunch of stuff. They'd been in slavery in Egypt. God raised up a guy by the name of Moses to free them from slavery through the ten plagues and walking through the Red Sea. But as people do, they complain and they whine. I know no one in here complains and whines ever, but that's something a group of mob people do. They complain and whine. I always go back to that quote from Men in Black, if you remember it, a, a person is smart, but people are dumb. I kind of agree with that, as I've learned in my life, because I'm a part of people sometimes and we're dumb. But when I'm on my own, maybe I'm smart. Who knows? The thing is, these people of God begin to complain. They even say things like, God, we wish you would have left us in chains because it's way worse now. Now, why was it worse? Because they now were living in a place where they had to trust and see that God was God. They had to trust and see that God was going to take care of them even when it looked like he, it was going to completely fall through. Isn't it interesting how we as humans would rather be in chains and be in control than be free and have to live with faith? Isn't it interesting that we would rather put back on those chains of insecurity or anxiety and depression and fear and pride, which means we can at least be in control, rather than be free of those things and have to truly surrender and submit to a God that we can trust, and then we'll see that he truly is who he says he is. I don't know if you struggled with that, but I definitely do. That I just feel like sometimes, oh, God, it's been used if I just hold it, held this on and went back to that old place. Well, see, God never gave up on his people. And after Moses died, there was a leader by the name of Joshua that raised up. And he begins to conquer land after land in the promised land that God had told his people he would provide them for, where they came from. And after they had done all this, we reached the end of the book of Joshua in Joshua 24. And here's what he says to all of Israel. He says this, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Sorry if the mic feedback a little bit, but I want you to really catch that. <laughs> So fear the Lord and serve him with all your heart, not just the parts you're comfortable with, not just the easy parts, but every little thing. Here's another command. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. I'm going to tell you what all these things mean in a second. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But, big old but right here, but as for me and my family, this is Joshua speaking, speaking to his people as their commander, as their leader, but as for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God, and it's up to you. I wish local city that just by the fact that I've made that declaration that you could see it for yourself and the choice would be easy. After today, I pray that you would see the choice is easy, but you have to make the choice for yourself. Whether you're an individual or married or you have a family, your choice is to who will you serve. Because what Joshua is illuminating here to us and enlightening us to is that we all serve someone. Some of us in our life, we serve a lowercase g, God whether it's the God of self, the God of the world, the God of opinion, the God of culture, or we can serve the one true God, capital G, living, almighty, heavenly Father God who was and is and is yet to come. That's our choice. 
And I want to let you know today that it's the best choice you can make to just trust God, but I don't want to convince you of it. I want God to convince you of it by who he is, by what he said about you, by what he's done. See, Joshua had seen God conquer enemy after enemy, enemies the Israelites had no business beating, but they did. And the only time they would fail is when they didn't trust God. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like there's one time where they are going to conquer this land of Ai. And God says, do not take anything from the enemy when you conquer them. There's one guy who says, I, I, I fought pretty hard in this battle. I'm going to take some stuff. And so he takes for himself some wealth that they conquered. And would you know it, in the very next battle, the Israelites get completely defeated. And Joshua's like, what's going on? And he realizes that someone didn't trust God. They realize that, oh, this is, I'm in this for me now because we're getting some swagger here. We've won some battles. It's about me now. What can I do to take on my own? And it begins, it leads to the destruction of the entire people group. Why? Because God takes trusting him very seriously. And I take it seriously too. And I don't want to see your life destroyed. I don't want to see your life divided. I don't want see, to see your marriage break up. I don't want to see your family completely divisive against each other. I want to see, I want to see it bonded and, and healthy and holy and set apart from the world. So let me give you four things really quick. Here are the things that can be a threat to your foundation. Number one, I'll read them real quick and then I'll break them down. Number one is a false identity. Number two is living with unforgiveness. Number three is influence from a broken culture. And number four is pride. And don't worry, they're going to be on the screen because if you're like me in college and the, the professor would go to the next slide, you're like, wait, what was the out on the outline? Don't worry, I'm going to leave it up there for you, all right? So the first one is false identity. And what, if you go back to that verse, we won't go back to it, but I'll just unpack it for you. Joshua says some things about on the other side of this river, on the other side of that river. What Joshua was talking about is maybe your upbringing was rough. Maybe you grew up in these times, Israelites, where we were going to war. Or your parents made a bogus choice and God really had to unleash some anger on them because they were punishing themselves by not trusting him. And maybe you grew up with some crazy things that happened in you and around you. Maybe local city, your upbringing was rough and it created a false identity in you that you're still living with today. That false identity can be two sides of the coin, that you're not worthy, that you are not the masterpiece that God created you to be, that you're broken and there's no chance of healing you. Or maybe you grew up with the upbringing of you got to earn your own, you got to fight for your own, yourself, you got to win your own battles. Both things are false and they're not who we were created to be. I want you to know that your identity that God wants you for you is first and foremost son and daughter, first and foremost created with purpose. First and foremost, that we were the ones that messed it up, but God still chose out of his love to redeem you, forgive you, and restore you. And a false identity can leave you down, lead you down the wrong path and will be constantly be a rocky foundation. Number two is living with unforgiveness. Some of us, we want these relationships to be healthy, but every time we think about that person's name, it drives us into fits of rage that you can't even describe in words. Some of us want our marriage to be healthy, but we're holding on to so much bitterness from something your wife or husband said years ago that you can't even look him in the eyes without thinking about it. Unforgiveness, as we've said before, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You can't live with that anymore. You got to let it go. And I'm not saying that to demean what happened to you or to devalue what someone said to you. E even if it was abuse, man, I understand. 
But the more you live with that unforgiveness, the more it will bear you down and create all your horizontal relationships to be dysfunctional. But the moment you say, you know what, God, I know you've forgiven me and I've definitely messed up in your eyes. So help me forgive those around me. And with, I would pray that my vertical relationship with you would influence the horizontal relationships I have. Some of you got to take a moment, maybe forgive your parents, forgive your family, forgive that teacher or that boss, or forgive your spouse. Maybe you got to get on the phone today or shoot a little text and say, I just, I, I just pray that you would forgive me. Or I, I just wanted to let you know that I forgive you for this. Maybe you didn't know that this even hurt me as bad as it did, but I just wanted you to know that I forgive you. And you'll be amazed the freedom that you drink into your life when you do that. You can't live with unforgiveness. It will destroy you. Speaking from experience. And sometimes the most important person you have to forgive is yourself. It's to say, you know what? God, if you love me, then I'll choose to do it too. God, if you've forgiven me, then I'll do it too. And number three, influence from a broken culture. I just got to let you know that if you get any wisdom, any value from anything outside of God's word, it's going to break. It's going to break. It's going to leave you wanting more. I just felt led to tell you that it doesn't matter how talented someone is, how famous someone is, how elected someone is, that does not, override, that does not give them the right to over, uh, override what God's word says. I just got to tell you. What does it say? As for me and my house, we'll serve who? The Lord. And I just got to tell you, I believe that as we do that, people will see as everything else fails them because I promise you it will, even the easy decisions or the popular decisions, those will fail, and those will break, and people will have one place to turn, and it's God's house. It's the love of God. It's the joy and hope that you carry every day that they witness and see. And they can look at it. Everything else seems broken, but how are you okay? Well, it's because I made a decision a long time ago to ask for me in my house. I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to trust and see that God is who he says he is. And I'm going to trust and see that his word is powerful and is a promise and that Jesus was more than a teacher or a historical figure. He was really the son of God who came down and gave his life for us. And I cannot separate his words from his life because he had words, too, that were powerful and that will not break, that will not return void and leave me empty, but will leave me fulfilled and on the right path, knowing that if God is for me, who can be against me? That if God builds the house, no one can destroy it. That if God builds my life, no one can tear it down because God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere, and God is omnipotent. He is more powerful than anything that may ever step in your path, and you got to believe that today. Come on, give me some thanks if you're thankful, for that's the God that's invited us into. The last thing you got to lay down, everybody, probably the biggest threat to your foundation is pride. You got to get out of your own way. You got to realize you don't know what's best for your life. God does. And other people in your life do too, that you can lean on. I'm so glad that I have given authority to other people in my life because I am my own worst enemy at times. And sometimes the prideful thing to do is I know what's good, I know what's best. Because eh. a lot of times when I'm doing that, I'm in a really unhealthy emotional state. And I would encourage you to never make a big decision when you're super emotional. And a lot of that comes from just laying down your pride. A lot of that comes from laying down whatever our ambitions and desires are and just asking, God, what do you want? Do you know what, honestly, I've been thinking about this verse a lot and it's kind of like, you know, made me stop in my tracks. In the book of James, it says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
I just want to let you know, I never want to do anything that God opposes. I don't want to carry anything in my life that God would oppose because that does not have a good ending. But when it says it gives, I want to be where God gives grace. And where does he give grace? To people who are humble and say, God, I'm messed up. I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance because my house is trying to serve you and follow you, but I don't know what to do. And that's where you can trust and see that he is God. Here's what it is. the prophet Isaiah says in verse 26, uh, chapter 26, verse 3 and 4. It says, you will keep me in perfect peace, all who trust in you. I want some perfect peace for your life. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. When something is fixed, it is not moving. Trust in the Lord always, bold, circled, underlined all the above. For the Lord God is your eternal rock. One of the most well-known parables Jesus spoke about was that a foolish man builds his house on the sand. Why? Because sand is ever-changing, never solid. And when storms come, that sandcastle is not standing strong. Every sandcastle I've ever built is gone. I don't know how to build a brick rock house, but if I did, it would be there. Maybe not. I would ask a professional, and they would help me, and it would still be there, right? In my life, I'm never going to fix my eyes on sand or things that are unfaithful. I'm going to fix my eyes on the eternal rock which is Jesus, which is God's word. And the storms may come, but I will not be torn down. I want you to be in perfect peace today. Let me give you two statements, and then we'll close with what builds a trusted foundation. Is I want you to realize this today, local city, is that God is more concerned about our belief than our circumstances. Would it be empowering for you to know that God cares about what you're going through, but he cares even more how you're going through it? Because listen, circumstances, it's a part of life, will always be there, and there will always be difficult ones. I've heard it said this way, when it comes to storms and difficult circumstances, everyone, everyone is either in one area. You're either going through a storm, you're coming out of the storm, or you're about to go into one. Repeat. That's life, all right? In a storm, coming out of one, about to go in one. Repeat. Just like shampoo, rinse and repeat. That's life, right? The thing is, God is not concerned about storm, out of storm, in storm. He's more concerned about what are you believing in the storm? What are you believing out of the storm? What are you believing when you're about to go in the storm? Are you believing that, yeah, the thunder and lightning is loud, the wind is powerful, but you know what? I'm standing on the foundation of God, and I will not be shaken. I will not be crushed. I will not be defeated because I know that God's word has built me up in a strong foundation, and I know when I feel like giving up, the Holy Spirit's going to give me power to keep going, to keep carrying for my family and leading my friends and reminding them that there is a hope that has a name and that name is Jesus. Yeah, I believe some big things when I'm going through the storm. When I'm coming out of the storm, I don't say, oh man, I really, ooh, I really made some good decisions. I really steered the ship well there. No, I'm like, man, God, thank you so much because I would have given up a long time ago. But God, I know when you promise us in Romans chapter 8 that all things work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose, I'm glad I didn't give up. When I'm about to go in, when what's my belief, God? I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the future holds, God, but I know who holds the future. And it's you. And it's your son, Jesus. And I know your spirit is with me to keep me going no matter what I may face. I don't know about tomorrow, but I have faith for today. And that's all I need. It's way more cared about your belief. Because here's why, everybody, is that 
You are no match for this. I don't know what your this is. Again, you could be in a this storm, you could be coming out of a this storm, or you could be going into one. But whatever your this is, is no match for our God. And I need you to know that today. I don't know how difficult, how dark, how broken, how unhealthy and dysfunctional your relationships or your personal life may be. You're no match for it. You can't figure it out on your own. But this is no match for God. Because I know a God who in the midst of darkness spoke light and light appeared. I know a God who walked out of the grave alive in three days. I know a God who called men to live and the blind to see and the lame to walk. I know a God who fed 5,000 people with just some bread and fish. I know a God who parted the Red Sea so his people could walk through it. I know a God who defeated overarching enemies who were so much more powerful than his people. But at one word, victory happened because that is the God that is on my side. And when I speak to this, I, it's no match for the God that I believe in. Some of us need to build the foundation of speaking, again, I've said this before, not speaking to God how big our problems are, but speaking to those issues and problems. Hey, I know you're pretty big, but you're no match for my God. So you got to get out of my way. You got to move out of here because it's going to be a testimony on the other side of just how good God is and just how powerful a three-word testimony is of trust and see. That's the foundation. And I love what Jesus says in 14, John 14. He says, but when the Father sends the advocate, the Holy Spirit is my representative, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give, the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. I love that last line. What Jesus is trying to give you today, the world cannot give you. You cannot find Outside of this, outside of this, and outside of this. You can only find it when you say, God, I need you. Forgive me and come into my life. Jesus, be my best friend. I give you everything. And we come into a place like this where we can, man, life's hard, but we still lift up our hands and worship and encourage each other. And we go to God's word for guidance because it is still very applicable to today. And it is the thing that will never let us down. Jesus says, the peace I give is the gift a world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And it's a gift, meaning you don't have to earn it, meaning that it's been given to you freely. And as we close today, let me give you four quick things. What builds a trusted foundation? Number one, when you don't hear God, read God. Some of the biggest thing I, things I hear from people is, Pastor Ryan, I just don't hear God anymore. And sometimes, honestly, we may hear that sometimes. Honestly, I've heard it said this way. I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I'll give it to you today. Someone challenged me one time and said, well, I know that, Ryan, but during a test, a lot of times your teacher is silent because he's got to prepare you sometimes for that test so you can realize you have the answer inside here and here and in the Holy Spirit who walks with you. So when you don't hear God, just spend time reading God. Read what God's Word says. You know why I'm so confident of all this stuff? It's not just because I had an extra cup of coffee this morning. It's because I've started the year just spending a lot of time in God's Word. And I know what He said. And I know that it will not return void. I know that it will not break. I know that it will not fail. And I'm confident in it, as confident as I'm standing on this stage today, that when I don't hear God, I can read Him. And that foundation I can trust because it is the Heavenly Father, Creator of the universe, God, who wanted a relationship with me so much that He sent His Son to bring me back into that relationship. So at any time I can go to his word and realize I'm reading his voice. I'm reading what he has told me. I am reading what he has challenged me. I am re reading the wisdom that he's gifted me. 
That could be the most freeing thing I give you today. When you don't hear God, read God. Number two, Jesus knows where he's leading you. Jesus knows where he's leading you. I think about it this way. Sometimes when I get in my car, even like today, which was great, uh, I get in my car and it actually said, this is how you know, hey man, the car knows you're going to church. I get in the car and it says this many minutes to Wilson Middle School, right? It just knows, which I love. I love that it knows Sundays is church day. That's a lesson for later on this month, but I'm telling you Sunday's church day, all right? So what's great is though, sometimes when I'm going to a location, it'll take me a route that I normally don't go. It'll say, okay, you got to go this way. And I'm like, no, 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 I normally go this way. This is the quickest way, interstate, this way, right? And sometimes my direction, my GPS, whether it's to Orlando or on a long drive, it'll take me a different direction. Why? Because it knows something I don't, because it has a bird's eye view as I only have a this view. It knows that there's an accident up ahead that is causing traffic, that is causing delays, that is causing something that will keep me from where I want to be. And I really need you to know that God is, the Holy Spirit in our life is kind of like the GPS. Where you may say, oh no, I want to go this way, it's easier. And the Holy Spirit's like, well, you don't know what's down that road, my friend. And you don't know what's going to come because you made this decision or because you just wouldn't listen. See, Jesus knows where he's leading you. I love this story. There's a story in the Gospels, in John 21, I believe it is, where Jesus is already risen from the dead. Pretty convincing that he should be listened to. But the disciples are still having some issues, which I love that this is in the Bible because it reminds me, okay, it's okay if I still have to figure some things out every now and then. But Jesus has risen from the dead. And the disciples are out fishing when Jesus told them, hey, you got a new life now, go do that new thing. But they're out fishing and they're not catching anything. Because a lot of times when you're doing the things that God has not told you to do, you're going to be working so hard but not getting any results. And what happens is Jesus stands on the shore and he's like, hey, I love Jesus in this story because it's just so funny to me. Because he kind of says, hey, having a hard time out there? The disciples were some rough guys, so who knows what they would have responded with because the Bible tells us they didn't recognize Jesus, so who knows how Peter responded, maybe with some colorful language. Like, hey, man, leave me alone, right? Hey, have you tried this? Why don't you throw the nets on the other side? So what was going on is they were casting, the, the, the fisherman way of life back then was to cast the nets on this side because most men were right-handed and they would pull the net in with their strong arm. But they were not catching anything over there. and They just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. Definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and again and expecting something different to happen. Some of us are there right now, relationally and spiritually. And Jesus says, why don't you try the other side? And finally, the disciples are like, okay, whatever. And they throw it to the weaker side, the culturally unpopular side. And the Bible tells us that when they pull those nets in, There are so many fish, they can't even lift the net. Can I encourage you today that the distance between brokenness and blessing may just you be saying, I don't know where I'm going, but Jesus does, so I'm just going to listen to what he says because he knows better than me. I'm just seeing this, and I'm living a little insane right now, so maybe I'll just go over here. It doesn't make sense, but it's what Jesus is calling me to do, and maybe you should just do it and see how many fish you bring in, see how much blessing you pull in, see how much freedom and encouragement and strength you pull in because Jesus knows where he's leading you. We can give some praise for that because I think it's good. Third one is this, hold God's truth over what you feel. Maybe you've seen this example before that I give, but I challenge people to have the same trust in God and God's truth 
in the same way you trust a chair. Because when you walked in today, this may have made more sense at the high school when we sat in chairs that were 100 years old, but when you walked in today, you didn't sit down in that chair thinking, I don't know. Don't know if it's going to hold me. Looks, oop, looks a little wobbly. I don't know. It folds down. You know, that means not faithful. Moves a lot. Wishy-washy. I don't know if I can sit there. No, you walked in and you're like, oh, sweet, open chair. And you were fine. You never thought twice about it. And it caught you. It supported you. And here you are listening to something that I believe can encourage you. I believe that when it comes to God's word and church and your own personal Bible and times in prayer, that you don't need to look at it anymore like, I don't know. Is it going to hold me? Is it going to catch me? I've been through a lot. Is he really there? 2023 is the year where I just trust and see. And I just sit down and I let go and I let God and I give up and I know that God's my God and I am not. I know that his word provides wisdom. I'm not going to let pride or culture or unforgiveness or a false identity distract me from who God created me to be. I am going to hold God's truth over what I feel. I will say this all the time here at Local City. Choices lead and feelings follow. So as for me and my house... I will serve the Lord and serve him alone. And I'm going to rest in his presence and never question who he is. I am never going to give in to unbelief because God has given me a million reasons to trust him. And he is going to give me more as I trust and see that he is God and I am not. And the main reason I can get up here and encourage you with that today is number four, is to surround yourself with people who trust God relentlessly. Surround yourself with people who trust God relentlessly. We just started our circle season. Get in a circle, local city. You can't do this life alone. You need each other. We need each other. Not only people who just trust God, but trust God relentlessly. This is something I say a lot here as well. You do not just need faithful friends. You need faith-filled friends. I do not need friends who just sit around and commiserate with me, okay? I do not need friends who just sit around and say, yeah, you're right, or you're feeling this way, go for it. No. I need to surround myself with people who say, you know what, Ryan? I don't think that's a good idea. That's not who God created you to be, Ryan. Actually, I think you should keep going. I think you should trust God here. Here's my encouragement to you, to surround yourself with some people who will remind you what God says about you, not what you say about you or what others have said about you. Surround yourself with people who trust God relentlessly and keep moving forward. What is that one trust step that you need to take this year and trust and see and take it? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.